0: So, Mark, Yes. because I know it isn't this one, what is your favorite sports movie?
1: Are you sure you know? Because what if it is this one?
0: Then we are through, (laughs) and And this podcast has reached its conclusion.
1: Uh, Why Why don't you start start with yours? Because mine's mine's a wild card.
0: My go-to right answer on this is A League of Their Own, which is a stone-cold masterpiece. I actually do think that most of the best sports movies are baseball movies, and... A League of Their Own is the best of the best. But what about Miracle? So Miracle is my number two. Remember the Titans is my number three. Those are all great ones. I like A League of Their Own because it is telling a different kind of story than a lot of conventional sports stories. Like, I love Miracle... But Miracle is hitting every sports movie trope. They're doing the locker room speech. They're doing the supportive wife. They're doing the players who are pretty good, but they've got to learn to work together. And it does it really, really well, which is why we celebrate Miracle. But A League of Their Own to me is telling a different story about relationships between women. We have the sister relationship between Dottie and her sister. We have Jimmy Dugan, who's awesome. We have David Strathairn, who is also great in that movie. There's just nothing bad about it. It ends with old ladies playing baseball together. I love it.
2: Honestly, Will, I'm a little offended as a Notre Dame grad that you didn't say Rudy.
0: I have never seen Rudy.
2: You're really missing out, because that's one of the two acceptable answers to this question.
0: What is the other one?
2: I was going to say Miracle, but A League of Their Own works too, I guess.
0: Remember the Titans is my three. Rudy's better. I have never seen Rudy, and it became one of those things where I was just like, look, I haven't seen Rudy. Like, it's a football movie.
2: I really didn't think that Notre Dame was allowed to give diplomas to people that had not seen Rudy.
0: Well, I was barely there. I was mostly taking classes online.
2: Sure. I still think we might need to call the office and see what
0: happens. Eh, we'll see how it goes. Mark, you had a weird suggestion? The only thing you've suggested so far is Miracle, which is not out of the box, but it's a great movie.
1: Here's mine. The Road Road to El Dorado. (laughs) Because at one which point, we have
0: to watch, because that's a DreamWorks movie. Because
1: at one point the ball is an armadillo, and no other sports movie has dared to achieve that goal. In *Early Man*, when they play soccer, is the pig
0: ever a soccer ball? I don't
1: think so. I know in *Alice in Wonderland* they have hedgehogs as croquet balls, right? But an armadillo as the ball in a very pivotal scene in the film really elevates it to number one for me. I mean, I'll grant that one. You didn't didn't see see that that coming coming at at all, all, did you? you? No, I did not.
0: I haven't seen Road to El Dorado probably since like 2002.
1: Me Me neither, but... but That scene with the armadillo as the ball really left a mark.
0: My main memory of that is that's where I learned what loaded dice are, because that's what gets them sent to the new world, is that they've been caught cheating at gambling.
1: Isn't it only one of them that gets caught cheating and the other tags along because it's DreamWorks' first gay couple?
0: Again, I don't remember.
1: (laughs) Me neither, honestly. I just feel like those two were very close. Probably. It's never really explained why they're so close. So, draw the lines, I mean, audience,
0: we can just make that canon until and even after we watch the movie. True.
1: That'll be the main romance of the movie. Oh, absolutely.
0: And the armadillo. They're a (laughs) throuple.
1: This scantily clad native woman, obviously, is not part of this.
0: No, she's doing her own thing. She had a life before they showed up. Maybe she had a love story before they showed up. It's the armadillo that was waiting for a mysterious stranger from across the sea.
1: This movie's gonna feel real unfortunate, isn't it? Oh, probably. Yeah, uh, didn't think about that part. They all got smallpox from those two guys. (laughs) Yeah.
2: This is how much you guys really don't want to talk about Fever Pitch. This
0: movie is so bad. This
2: movie is
1: hot
0: garbage. This is our podcast. We're starting the episode. We need to go nuts.
2: Honestly,
1: better title for this movie is Hot Garbage. (laughs) Fever Pitch, more like Hot Garbage.
0: Not your best wordplay.
1: I was trying to think of something better, it didn't happen, and then it just stuck.
0: More like smoking ball, like a baseball.
1: (laughs) What does that mean? It's like a fever,
0: like it's on fire.
1: But it's not an insult.
0: (laughs) I don't know.
1: I'm trying to improve this movie.
2: I was trying to
1: insult the film.
2: I guess you could say that they were throwing cold instead of throwing heat. Ooh, uh... Throwing
0: heat. Could work too. Flamin' Flyball, also.
1: It's
2: one of their attempts at a baseball reference in this movie that...
1: These jokes are about as solid as the ones in the film.
0: But these ones are at least spoken by humans, which I cannot say for anything that is said in the movie.
1: Drew Barrymore can be good. In this, she is dreadful.
0: I don't feel right judging anybody on this movie because they're given nothing to work with. The only people I feel comfortable judging are the child actors, every one of whom is Dreadful.
1: there are so many actually good child actors like i just watch shoplifters and there's a five-year-old that gives a
0: bravura
1: performance but these kids are just so bad
0: they all sound like someone just told them like this is your one line to say nail it and they're like all right i'm sitting here all right all right all right all right wow mr reitman she sure is pretty nailed it that like, really? that's how they all deliver it. Is that
1: really his last name? Rightman? Rightman.
0: Yeah, because I thought he was saying Redmond at first. And I was like, whoa, I do not want to be associated with this garbage. Because from the drop, I knew it was bad.
2: But I'm pretty sure it's Rightman with a W. Correct. Because they call him Mr. W at some point. And I was like, or you could just call him by his name. Right. Or, Man. you know, I feel like these kids that he takes around everywhere... Could probably call him by his first name at this point,
1: because it seems like they're that close. He's a very, very unprofessional relationship with his students.
0: Okay, so Jimmy Fallon plays Ben Reitman, the right man, and he is a teacher, and the first time we see him as an adult, he is driving a car with a bunch of his students in it, and the first words out of his mouth, this teacher, are, I've got a crowbar under the seat, and I'm going to bust your face in with it. I'm like, oh great, we're leading with teacher violence. We've seen a lot of... ...of bad teachers as we've watched movies for this show. We've talked about that issue before. There was the one in Can't Buy Me Love... ...who stopped a teacher from blocking students from having a fight. There were all of the teachers in Greece. And yet, somehow, Ben Reitman seems to be the worst of all the teachers. He's
1: so touchy. He
0: straight up hits a student at one point. Another time, he's throwing a football down the hallways at school... And the principal's like, who's throwing footballs? You're not allowed to do that. And he blames a student. He's like, it was this kid. I'm going to
1: discipline him. Stands up that McGonagall is still the only good teacher in a movie we've watched.
2: Not to mention the fact that he literally asked for relationship advice from his middle schoolers. Or I guess maybe ninth grade. Are they? Ninth I think it's or? a high school. They might be high schoolers. But he's sitting at JV baseball practice asking this 14-year-old for relationship advice.
0: Let's also talk about the fact that he only asks Drew Barrymore out because his students are like, oh, she's out of your league. Like, you work with children. You have to be able to take that level of nonsense and just be like, whatever, you're a child.
2: See, but if the students hadn't said that, then we wouldn't have a
1: movie. And we would be better off for it. The world would be a much better place without this film in That's
0: it. one of those moments where a timeline splinters into two directions and you're like, wow, this is the darker timeline.
1: I feel like we should right start the episode, because we've yet to do that. The
0: sooner we start, the sooner we can end.
1: (laughs) Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark, and I'm gay. And
0: I'm Will, and I'm a ginger. This, of course, is an investigative podcast committed to examining the most pressing, urgent issue of our day. Does Hollywood romance actually make any sense?
1: And are these people actually dateable? Or even likable.
0: It doesn't matter if the romance is the main plot or a one-scene flirtation or apparently between two aliens, because that's the only reason for people to talk like this. Either way, we will dig in. We'll see what's there. It's our sacred mission. It's our solemn vow. 163 days a year, we will be there. We'll be doing it until we found a conclusive answer. This week, after a far too long hiatus, we are joined once again by our friend Catherine. Hey,
2: everybody. By the way,
0: our friendship is about to be over because you recommended this movie to me.
1: I think this is Catherine's most recent and final appearance on this show. Because this is her most recent and final appearance, seeing me.
2: I am so sorry.
1: Will kept me up last night because I was trying to fall asleep and I could hear him in the living room yelling, What? And come on, and this is awful.
0: I was so angry. From the drop, who is the narrator? Tell me this. The movie starts- I don't know who that is.
2: The sponge guy. The guy with the sponges that's behind Ben and his seats at Benway. It right. right
0: but, like, he opens and closes the movie with narration, but he doesn't actually have a role.
2: Why didn't they, they just, just make it, make it his uncle? uncle? He's there. He exists. He interacts.
0: By that same logic, it could have been, like, one of his students.
2: I almost wonder if they had to add that narration, though, because they had to change the ending of the movie.
0: This movie would have been better if they hadn't changed the ending.
2: Yeah, so basically, this movie was supposed to end with the Red Sox losing, failing, and everyone kind of being miserable.
0: And you learned also that your life is bigger than this baseball team, which is the realization that his storyline is supposed to be building towards. Like, it's okay if they lose. You can enjoy the game and also have a life.
2: So in summer 2004, when they're filming this movie, the Red Sox are a pretty good bet for a team that you know is going to lose. So you can keep it in your timeline and have it work. Except for the fact that they didn't. Because miraculously... We had to stop cheering 1918, and the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004.
0: It's so weird to think about the fact that for, like, a brief window in 2004, like, most of the country was rooting for a New England sports team. Or, like, there was this one moment where we're all like, yeah, like, it'd be cool if the Red Sox finally won. And then we all went back to, like, man, New England is winning too many times.
2: And we did it with the Sox too. It was like, okay, you got your one and now everyone else can take
0: theirs. Right, they won it again and we're all like, no, we we don't like you this time. No,
2: it's yeah, exactly. It's we felt bad for you. It's kinda like the Cubs. Like, we felt bad for the Cubs because they hadn't won in ninety something years. They win. Okay, good. We're good. You don't have to be good anymore. Let's have a nationals World Series championship. A plus.
0: So as this episode is coming out, we are three days away from opening day.
2: Yes.
0: So, get hype. Now, it's worth noting that, as I mentioned last episode, this movie, Fever Pitch, is based on a book by Nick Hornby, who wrote the novel Brooklyn, which was turned into a much better film, but his original book is nonfiction. It's based on his own life and his soccer fandom in the UK, and... It spans from his childhood to his mid-30s, and each chapter is structured around a particular game that he remembers, and so it's about his life, but also the way it interacts with the sports.
2: And there's another movie, based on the same book that came out in 1997 with Colin Firth, based on Arsenal's 1989 League win, which is actually, I think, a better movie. Granted...
0: Well, I mean, that's a very low bar.
2: I haven't watched it in a couple months, so... It might be just as bad as this, and I'm so sorry I made you guys watch it.
0: So explain to me how we have come to this, because this is your (laughs) fault. You are directly responsible for Mark not being able to sleep last night, because I was driven to yelling at this thing.
2: So I think I first saw this movie in 2005, and I really liked it. I'm a big rom-com person. It's a rom-com. It's baseball. I love baseball, and... Yeah, I pretty much liked Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon and thought it was fun. I own it on iTunes because it was on sale about a year ago. I watched it babysitting about a year ago, still enjoyed it, and then I watched it last night and I decided I hate everyone.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. It's worth noting, too, some people at the time were like, hmm, this is not so hot. By which I mean, it was originally set to be directed by Sean Levy of Cheaper by the Dozen, Pink Panther, Night at the Museum, that generation of family comedies, and to star Gwyneth Paltrow, but she left the project because she thought the script was bad. And so instead, a couple of other directors were rumored to be attached to it before they eventually landed on the Farrelly brothers, one of whom, of course, is Peter Farrelly, director of Best Picture winner Green Book. <laughs> and Mark's head is in his hands.
2: They also have such credits to their name as Dumb and Dumber, so that, that's what This is really like
0: more doing. their traditional speed.
2: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But when you look at what else their filmography says, it doesn't speak highly for a rom-com.
1: This podcast has really shown me the highs and the lows of rom-coms. I was not very well versed in them before doing this show, and I didn't really like them, and we watched a lot of really good ones at first, and I was like, wow, I really was so dismissive of this genre unnecessarily. And then we started digging into Maid of Honor, and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and now this piece of trash
0: I still think How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is the worst one we've watched. I think so. Because that movie is also criminally overlong.
1: Yeah, at least this one wasn't too long. But it's still just like, oh, these are the ones that were big when I was growing up, and this is why I didn't think I liked rom-coms. Right,
0: this was another one of those movies that I did not see in theaters and knew entirely from promos during Cosby Show reruns.
1: I think I watched this on tv at some point because i remember the scene of him being on tv at the baseball game and i turned it off i think at that point and was like i'm i'm good
0: you're talking about the part where he declares that the things he cares about most are one the red Sox, two sex three breathing
1: yes That scene.
2: And Lindsay's dad's watching the TV, too. This is on ESPN. Everyone sees this.
0: It doesn't
1: matter who is watching. I was watching, and that's the most (laughs) shameful part of it all. Ugh. Should we start getting into the points? Please. So was probably going to cut these out, but there have been a lot of long pauses of all of us just sighing and looking at each other and not talking because we hate this movie so much.
0: So every week, we break down the plot of a movie into five points that best exemplify the movie's romance. We'll ignore anything that's outside the romance, like the fact that for some reason, everyone refers to Ben Reitman as a schoolteacher, as opposed to just a teacher, which is what humans say. No, he's a schoolteacher. Everyone's like, oh, you're the schoolteacher. I do work as a schoolteacher. Just say teacher. Have you never heard of it? It's like watching Avatar, when Sigourney Weaver has to be like, we're going to get some unobtainium. And, like, in that movie, they do a pretty good job of making that sound like a real thing. But it feels like they're a little bit stumbling over this made-up word. It's like if school teacher were a made-up word like that. Where they're like, sorry, you know, Peter, I'm looking at the script. What is this thing? He's like, oh, it's a made-up job in this universe where you hang out with children and you hit them sometimes. And they're like, okay, cool. School teacher, I got it. I feel okay about this.
2: It's like all the baseball sexual references that they try and throw in here where it just, you just, it just makes you uncomfortable. It really does.
1: This movie is the one that has the largest male-female friend groups that I've seen and it's so confusing because each of them have like five friends that they consult at any time about their issues. In the full they came together playing basketball scene where they're all just I'm the guy that's happily married and this is what you should do mode except on both sides with too many people.
0: The male sports bonding is funnier in Maid of Honor, where he has his basketball group that turns into his wedding prep group. But in this one, he does have his, like, football crew that turns into his baseball crew.
2: I will say I like that all of the female hangouts are at exercise classes.
0: You they know what
2: were, I? They oh. were going to spin before it was cool.
0: You know what I like is how the female friendship thing turns into a great opportunity to pit women jealously against each other. That's one of the many affirming things in this film.
1: Yes, just like the part where she expressly says, "Oh, you don't need to go to my." Friend's birthday party. I know this game is important to you. And he acts like she is asking so much of him and he's talking to his friends and he's just like, she keeps bringing up this birthday party. Like it's so important. And the whole time I was just like, she has expressly said she understands how important baseball is to you. You don't have to come to the party. I was so mad at that point.
0: We should start talking about the points. Basically, this is another... Thoughts rom com about a man child whose too uptight lady friend needs to learn to loosen up a little bit. I'm a thing I'm sure we'll talk about more when we eventually get to the filmography of Catherine Heigel.
2: So, I guess point number one. What, what did you mean? Nothing. You know. Well, come on, man, you saw her.
1: What? Wait, are you saying that she's out of my league?
2: She's bringing some serious heat, man. Cause yeah, Catherine, you're in charge I want to of this. Keep this going. So point number one. School teacher Ben takes
0: I'm sorry, what was that just word you
1: just said? Skewel
0: Is that like a like a Jedi or a, a Mandalorian? It's one of those like is he a Vulcan? One of these space words.
1: Is it a race or is it a job?
2: From what I understand, he's a person who goes and stands in front of children every day. And tries to explain to them how math works.
0: Do you ever see him do that, though?
2: I don't
0: think so. I see him make out with Drew Barrymore in a room that has a bunch of children in it. But I don't see him educate children. I see him, like, blame his misbehavior on children. I see him hit children.
2: I think there's the one time when they're maybe doing a race and he has the standings on his blackboard. But even then, he's not actually educating, he's encouraging competition.
0: Okay, so we've got Ben the skull The Skull-Tetcher.
2: Who has decided to bring some of his promising students to see how someone has applied math in their everyday life.
0: Oh, what do they promise?
2: What do you mean, what do they promise?
0: His students are promising, what are they promising?
2: I guess... I guess they have good grades? Maybe? Oh, so,
0: and they promised to keep doing that.
2: Sure.
1: I think that the school tetra does not have permission to take these children away, and I think he may have just put a bunch of random kids in a van and driven them to a building. <laughs>
0: that seems highly plausible. It is a creepy van full of children with a crowbar under the seat. This is all information we have.
2: Except it's not a van, it's a really beat-up beetle.
0: Anyway, so they go to Drew Barrymore's office, her assistant is like, those kids are coming. She's like, ugh, I'm too busy for this. Like, pretend to be me. And then Jimmy Fallon is there, and he's like, whoops, I'm Jimmy Fallon. Aren't I so funny? And he breaks, because that's what Jimmy Fallon does, and it's very tiresome.
2: Except for Drew Barrymore is playing my least favorite professional woman trope, which is the harried professional woman who has no time for anything. She's too busy. She can't do it.
0: I like the part in the movie where they show how busy she is, where her desk is supposed to be, like, a total mess. Like, she's spinning in her swivel chair, like, so many things. And you're like, there are three open binders and, like, a book, but they're spread out, so it looks like there's a lot of stuff there.
2: As a professional woman, this is my worst nightmare. That people think that professional women are like this.
0: So anyway, Jimmy Fallon takes his students to Drew Barrymore's office. And she's like, look, I do math. And the students are like, this is awesome. I want to do math too. And
2: then as we said, his students give him a hard time, say that she's out of his league.
0: Yeah, they start off with being like, oh, she was hot. Yeah, I'm like 13. I'm so cool.
1: Who would talk like that in front of their
0: scroll toker? Well, he's such a bad tosh that apparently that's what they do all the time. To the point that students are surprised later on when he calls them for smoking at school in front of him.
1: I guess the tooch was kidnapping the children anyway, so does it really surprise us that he's talking about attractive women?
0: Right, so then Jimmy Fallon is like, oh, you, you thought she was attractive? And they're like, yeah, you didn't notice? And he's like, I don't know, like, whatever. And they're like, doesn't matter if you noticed, she's out of your league. And he's like, what? You have offended me.
2: So he asks her out, like any reasonable alien scroll touch would.
1: So then the harried professional...
0: Oh, and by the way, along the way, he goes back to ask on her. And he starts out by doing this, like, high-pitched mimicry of women murdering each other for a job. When she's like, ah, I'm pretty busy right now, like... There's job opening, so, like, things are tight, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're gonna kill each other! I'm stabbing you! And it's like, great, this is really, really charming. This is definitely how to pick up women.
1: But then the hairy professional woman talks to her friends, and they're like, oh, you should give this guy a chance. You usually date such competitive businessmen. You could give this Sasquatcher, who's below you, you know, a pity date. And
2: so then Jimmy Fallon shows up for the pity date. And Drew Barrymore, Lindsay has food poisoning.
0: Okay, but we need to talk about this because he shows up and she is moaning aggressively from behind her door. Yes. We are then told that she is vomiting in the bathroom and she's like moaning because she's sick. But it's supposed to be when he shows up, it, like, sounds like she's having sex. And when she answers the door, she's, like, looking like, well, she could be, like, sick and frazzled. Or she could have, like, just gotten out of bed with somebody. But half the stuff she's going is like, oh, dig into me. Which does not make sense for someone who is vomiting because they are sick. But,
1: but then she, she also, also yells, don't eat that, at her dog, dog where it's pretty, pretty, like, they're so half-hearted at making it double entendre, entendre that they just throw in both. In both.
0: Right, but if you watch that scene knowing that she's vomiting, half the things she says don't make any sense.
1: That's, That's what I mean. They, they didn't, didn't go, go for, for double meaning. They, they just put in both options.
0: We also need to talk about the fact, so she's like vomiting. He goes in and like puts her to bed and like cleans up her bathroom where she vommed all over the floor and stuff like that. But then when he puts her into bed, he's like, here you go in case you throw up again. And he puts the hamper next to her bed which has a cloth lining. What is wrong with you? You could give her a trash can or a pot or literally anything that will not absorb the vomit.
2: I screamed. As someone He's who, a
0: bad person.
2: As someone who had a vomit bowl in my house growing up, like that doesn't do anything. It's fabric. The liquid still gets through cuz it's Fabric. This is
1: a man that also uses her electric toothbrush to brush her dog's mouth.
0: He's a bad man.
1: The dog who was eating vomit.
2: And yet the scene is supposed to prove to us that he is a good person.
0: He's a bad man.
2: He
1: should not have changed her clothes. No matter how nice it is to be put in PJs, he should not have taken her clothing off.
0: The like only possible explanation for that, and I don't think we see closely enough, would be if she had like vomed on her clothes. But we don't see that?
2: But even then?
0: Even then. it's Like, that's the only circumstances under which I could be like, I understand the impulse.
1: What you do is you call her friend, who she is close to, and have them come over and do all this stuff. I mean, correct.
2: And then he stays. He doesn't leave. This
0: is so he weird.
2: stays. And he's wearing this stupid sweater where you can see his undershirt out the bottom because 2005, but, like... he stays overnight on her couch and cuddles with her dog and she wakes up and thinks it's like kind of weird but also kind of charming she's like oh you cleaned
0: my bathroom that was awesome and she's like yeah i also used her toothbrush to clean up your dog's mouth so be wary of that
2: it's just creepy
0: he also like got all these movies in case she like woke up and wanted to watch a movie there's like a one of the few jokes i marked whenever i actually liked a joke and I did enjoy the one where she's like, "Oh, my favorite movie is Annie Hall," and he's like, "Oh, no way!" and like reaches into plot a movie, and he's like, "It's Roadhouse." I did laugh. I thought that was funny.
1: I think I was already very disengaged with the movie by that point, and we were under twenty minutes in. So that's point number one, right?
2: Uh, yeah, pretty much. And Mark's right; it was about twenty minutes because I started writing down times in my notes.
1: This was definitely a movie where I wished your Blu-ray player told me how much time was left, because I kept wanting to check, but I think next time I watch a movie like this, I will write down the start time so I can f- track along.
2: Oh, wait, no, 20 minutes is later, because they start with point number two, which is Winter Guy.
1: Well, I know why you forgot, that's no, all right. I bet, because I, be- I bet you when you talk to your friends, you call me Ben the school teacher. Am I right? Well,
2: uh, <laughs> that's okay. r- what do you call me to your friends?
1: I call you Lindsay
0: the vomit girl Ooh.
2: and we have this he's a
0: winter sasquatcher
2: dating montage where they walk through the park and go to a party to meet all of her friends
0: and her friends are all like oh this guy is nice i mean he doesn't make a lot of money because sasquatchers have a hard time doing that
1: yeah they're all very confused why she's dating a scroll catcher
0: well yeah i mean it's a job no one has ever heard of
2: and she's really confused why he doesn't have a cell phone. And yet oh, she's right. attached to hers 24 four seven.
0: How will these different people get
2: along?
0: <laughs> one of them is always on her phone. One of them doesn't have one at all. He doesn't have a landline because it's 2005 and that's still reasonable.
1: This movie also commits the cardinal sin of instead of having the lead actor be funny, they just have the lead actress say in a scene, You are so funny. Well, here's the deal. Giving the movie credit
0: for what it's trying to do, this is a very Jimmy Fallon performance where he gets to do his, like, I'm doing a lady voice, we're stabbing, we hate each other. It's just that Jimmy Fallon's thing is kind of obnoxious.
1: I really don't like him.
0: I also do not like Jimmy Fallon. Catherine, I believe you do.
2: I do, but not in this. Like, I I enjoy his SNL sketches, particularly with Horatio Sands, where they break because I enjoy that they think it's also funny.
0: So and that's my problem with Fallon. Them,
2: when it's two of them breaking, I find it more amusing than just one of them not being able to do his job.
0: That's my problem with Fallon, is I feel like... When he's on SNL, he, like, can barely do his job. And then on The Tonight Show, I feel like he's always going, like, look at how much fun we're having. It's like in Party Down, Adam Scott's character got famous doing that beer commercial where he goes, are we having fun yet? I feel like Jimmy Fallon is always shouting that at me. And I'm like, just shut up for once. Stop.
2: Yeah, so also in winter, we get our first glimpse at Jimmy Fallon's apartment. Which oh, my God. is a Red Sox gift shop? I was in Michigan recently visiting my cousin, and there's a store in Ann Arbor called the M-Den. And what she said to us before we walked into the M-Den is, If it's not in here, it does not exist. And Jimmy Fallon's apartment in this movie is the Boston Red Sox version of that.
0: It's got Red Sox wallpaper, his bedsheets, his shower curtain. One entire wall is a scoreboard.
2: Sports memorabilia
1: is expensive. And as this movie has led us to understand, skull catchers do not make a lot of money. Like, if you're eating skulls for your living, you're not going to have enough money to afford sports memorabilia.
0: I assume he just, like, inherited a ton of it. Like, he inherited his Red Sox tickets from his dead uncle. He maybe inherited a bunch of the stuff. Is
1: this really how tickets work?
0: No.
2: No, not really. (laughs) It is
0: not. You do not own a seat into perpetuity.
2: There might be a way to transfer it to other people, but I think it ends up... Being like what they do when he tries to sell them, you have to keep the same name on it, and then you would just sell them individually. individually. There might be a way to transfer them in families, because I know it's a thing like Eagles tickets are kind of like that, where people sit on the waiting, and Giants tickets, people sit on waiting lists for years and years and years to get a single season ticket seat. So they're supposed to go back to the franchise so that they can read. Allocate them to somebody on a waiting list.
0: But anyway, so yeah, so he lives in this weird den of Red Soxiness, where everything he owns is is Red Sox branded. Everything around him is Red Sox branded. I think this is how listeners imagine my bedroom from when I talk about my toys, but it is not anywhere near this bad.
2: Can attest, not that bad. So apparently, their relationship's going on swimmingly. They're really happy. This whole Red Sox apartment is not a red flag. To Lindsay, which is shocking. She's just like, uh, eh,
0: sports, whatevs. Because it
2: would be. She also knows the least amount of sports of any movie character I've ever seen. Of any
0: human in the United States. Because here's the deal. Mark, you're not a sporty guy. You would not wear the shirt from Kahona that says Sporty Girl uh, and has a football you, on it? that's, that's exactly, exactly the kind of shirt I want to wear. I keep looking for it. I have not been able to find it.
1: But can you tell me what spring training is, Mark? It's, it's when, when you go, go out and... The Elite Four only offer their Pokemon battles in the summer, so you have to spend all the spring training for the Elite Four, right? That is
0: one spring training. I mean, you gotta get your guys past level 50 at least.
1: Yeah, you can't go in past level 50. You have to battle enough trainers to make enough money to buy a bunch of potions. That all happens in spring.
0: I mean, let's be real, super potions. Let's like, yeah, not do amateur hour here. <laughs>
1: Max potions, hyper potions, everything you can get your hands on.
0: The whole nine yards. That's a different sport. Anyway, they're in the park like chatting, and she's like, Hey, you know what? Um, Next week, I'm going to be visiting my family in Baltimore. You should come down. It's going to be pretty great. It's your spring break. And he's like, Oh... I'm going to spring training and she's like "Sorry, training training for what? Training for scroll grumbers? Is that a thing?" And he's like "No, no, no. Baseball spring training with the Red Sox." And she's like "Oh, you're training with the Red Sox?" This person, this adult woman has never heard of the concept of spring training. <laughs> and she's like "You're going to train with the Red Sox?" He's like "Well, no, I'm going to watch while they're like figuring out who they're going to keep." And she's like "Oh, and they're going to listen to you and like make their decisions." And he's like No, we're just going to watch them play baseball.
2: And then she's like, but they're practice games. And he said, yeah. But that's what you... It's infuriating to me. I come from the land of spring training. Spring training is one of my favorite times of the year and the fact that she is a person who lives in a city that has a professional baseball team, is from Baltimore, which is also a city with a professional baseball team, and has no idea what spring training is.
0: You don't have to be a baseball fan.
2: You,
1: you guys are forgetting a very important fact. She is a woman. Oh, and right. don't know anything about sport.
0: Except this movie doesn't suggest that, Please because there are women in that row who are really intense about it.
1: But I feel like she is the woman, as in like the lead woman in a rom com, which is a very specific species. Yes.
0: Also, in the midst of this, when he starts being like, "There's something I got to tell you," and he's like leaning into spring training, she says aloud, "Here comes the bag of hair." A reference to earlier when a friend of hers was like, you know. Marsha was dating somebody who seemed normal and then she was looking in his closet and she found two full trash bags of all of his hair and nail clippings from his entire life. So Drew Barrymore is like, oh, here comes the bag of hair. She says this aloud. He does not respond, just keeps going. So what is his deal now? I
2: don't know, but I do know that this entire thing ends with him proposing that she go to opening day with him with a ring box.
0: It is like a straight up proposal. They've clearly been dating for maybe like a Two months?
2: October. I think it's February. It's okay, February. couple of months. It's so like four months, maybe. It's
0: like clearly a proposal buildup, and she's like, "Oh my!" And then he's like, "Come to opening day with me," and she's like, "Oh yeah, sure, totally."
2: And then he does clearly
0: glad life. that it's not actually a proposal.
2: And then he does. It's a wonderful life.
0: I kind of like that <laughs> when he does a whole George Bailey routine. <gasps> Mary, everyone's here. Oh, it's so wonderful to see you all.
2: <sighs> so now,
0: Merry Christmas, Clarence.
2: We've moved into point number
0: three. I wish I'd never been born! Me watching this movie. <laughs>
2: okay, go, go hit her! We need a hit! Come on, hit her! Right? that's yeah, great. Okay. Yeah, we're not okay. up yet, but yeah. Point number three
0: is Summer Guy. Why are we not watching It's a Wonderful Life?
1: <laughs> I would love <laughs> to see his bank account. because, because I think George
0: Bailey's? No. He runs the building in Loan. We know he has no money. It's all in Mr. Potter's bank. Your your money's not here. It's in Joe's house. And it's in uh, Mr. Mancini's house. Bert, Ernie, you know what I'm talking about. No, I mean the Squall squall Feather. feather. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're led to believe that um, scoot booters do not make a lot of money.
1: Yes, but apparently he can afford to go to Florida in every away game somehow.
2: I don't think he goes to every away game. He does say he hasn't missed a game in 11 years.
0: He does go to some away games because there are references to like, sorry, I can't go to that like we're in Chicago that week.
2: It's absurd. Even if it's just home games. The fact that he's has a job theoretically. I guess that's what scroll teaching is. But and that he hasn't missed a game in 11 years. Do you think
0: it's too? harder to teach scrolls since they've changed shapes? <laughs>
2: What do you do for afternoon games? There's 1 p.m. games every season. What do you do?
1: Do you think this Scooter Burger just calls a sub every time that there's a baseball game? And I mean, probably. And keeps his job?
0: A good middle chunk of the baseball season is over the summer when he appears to not do a lot of scrubber rubber But at the two ends, he seems to be at work. So I don't know.
2: But there's still 105 games in September and June.
0: Because I think scrolling goes through June in Boston. I think that's how the Northeast works. I don't know. I don't so anyway, are we in point three now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. She goes... Well, no, no, no. Let's start of point two, maybe. We still get the spring training thing. She goes down to Baltimore. She's visiting her family. She's like, I'm Santa a boy. He's cute.
1: Also, She's- her parents are annoying rich people.
0: Yes. Her dad is, like, doing something, and he's got ESPN on, on his little tube TV, and... She's like, oh, this is spring training. Like, turn up the volume. And he's like, oh, you've heard of spring training, have you? We've kept you very sheltered. I didn't want you to know about the darkness of the world in Florida. But she's like, yeah, yeah, turn it up. And that's when a guy from ESPN is interviewing. Oh, we've got some Red Sox fans here. They're so pumped up. And he's like, hey, you, sir, like, tell us, do you love the Red Sox? And Jimmy Fallon bursts out and he's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I'm Jimmy Fallon. I'm having a great time. The three things I love most are, one, the Red Sox. Two, sex three breathing
2: and this is not another red flag
1: it's really weird that he says i'm jimmy fallon so many times in this movie he
0: says it so much that's not the character's name and actually she is kind of she seems pissed off about this and her dad is like wow that guy's ridiculous and then we see her this is probably a transition point from two to three she comes back and it's while he is arranging who is going to go with him to, to which games and she's like can we talk and he's like, yeah, sure. And they go back to his room and he's like making out with her. He's like, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm Jimmy Fallon. I'm really in love with you. And she appears to start off wanting to have the red flag conversation. And then immediately decides, you know what? Not a red flag. This is going to work out great.
2: Because I'm a professional woman and I have a lot to do at work. So if my boyfriend's distracted, that's better for me.
0: Yeah, she decides that it's a good thing that he's obsessed with baseball because then he won't feel neglected when she's focused on her job. This is like giving a child a tub of Play-Doh when you're at a doctor's office waiting. It's like, here, keep yourself busy.
1: It works, though.
2: Or, you know, they could be in a secure adult relationship and just not have any of that. But, you know, that wouldn't be this movie.
0: So, since she immediately changes tack, I have no idea what her objective was in that conversation.
2: But then we move into summer. She goes to opening day. Point number three. Point number three. She meets his Fenway family. All these people with the seats around him that he's been sitting with for 20-something years. 23 years? Have you cared
0: about anything for 23 years, Catherine?
2: Yes, actually. Well, no. I don't
0: believe that.
2: My hockey team's 26 years old, but I didn't care about them. She could have said her
0: family, who she seems to care about.
2: Family's a great answer to this. Things outside of my family, maybe not so much. But, you know... To each their
0: own. Well, he likes to throw that in her face. Have you ever cared about anything for 23 years? I've cared about the Red Sox for 23 years! I became a skrink gonker because it gives me the freedom to see the Red Sox.
1: I will say, I have stopped caring about baby food. Like, I don't remember a lot of things that I care about from 23 years ago. Yeah. Probably so my mom. So he is true.
2: Probably my mom.
0: All right, and so I in point number three... They're going to baseball games. She causes quite the scandal when she doesn't know anything about baseball, especially the curse of the Bambino. Pirates of the Caribbean 6, calling it now. So she doesn't know about it. People are upset because she's talking about it, and she's like, curses are dumb, and everyone's like, no, this is real. But they're still going through their lives. He's going to baseball games. She's working on her job, trying to get the big promotion.
2: Including bringing her laptop with her to a game.
0: Who cares?
2: You're not allowed to do that anymore, I guess. But still, you're going to a baseball game. You can't really focus and do things on a laptop at a baseball game. This is also when she gets hit in the head by a foul ball from Johnny Damon.
0: Okay, before that, a couple of things. First of, all,
2: Jason Baratek, but.
0: first of all, one of the great things about baseball is that you can watch it intensely for the whole game. But it is also kind of a social thing. You can, like... Check in and out of the game. You can be wandering around, grab yourself a hot dog, have some nice conversations. I like that you can go to a baseball game and, like, make a day of it. And only some of that day you're watching baseball. I'd say that's a strength. And if you really absolutely need to get something done, better to do it at a baseball game than somewhere else.
2: I agree. And we've done things. We go to baseball games a lot. You're a teacher. We've graded at baseball games. I've checked email but I'm not going to be on my 15-inch laptop trying to work on a spreadsheet at a baseball game.
0: Part of what's bad about it is the Foley work there, where they make the clacking of her keyboard so loud, which at a baseball game, it would not be that obtrusive. But also in here, don't forget, she gets hit with the baseball after they meet her parents, right?
1: I have a Uh, quick question about baseball. How big can your team of Pokemon be per player?
0: Well, the catch is that... Your PC is basically in the dugout. So you can access new ones whenever you need to.
1: Okay. Are any of them Detectives of the First Class? Um you typically
0: don't have a detective, but that's because there's only one detective. It's Detective Pikachu. Coming,
1: Coming May, May 2019. 2019.
0: Oh my god, the new trailer, did you see it? Yes. It was maze balls. Sorry, better I- than baseballs. You got baseball, Master Ball, Great Ball, maze
1: Ball. Did you just put Great Balls above Master Balls? Because Great Balls cost, like, only a hundred monies. And Master Balls, there's only one.
0: This is a different universe that has baseballs also as a type of ball.
2: (laughs) But yes, this is after they meet her parents.
0: So her parents are coming into town. You think this is also going to introduce real conflict into the movie because she actually calls him a man boy, which is accurate. But then it turns out, ah, she doesn't really think he's a man boy. She's just jealous of her sister and wants her parents to like Ben more than they like her sister's husband. And she's just covering that by saying, you need to wear less Red Sox stuff because it would be totally unreasonable to ask this person to dial back at all. She just needs to chill out.
2: Mark's put his head on the table again.
1: This is another movie where everything is the woman's fault, and I hate it.
0: Can we talk about how his baseball hat looks like he washes it in bird turd? Like, it's got these white streaks all over it. It looks like he got a bird to poop on it and then rubbed it in to give it a rugged look.
2: It's from Sweat, Will. Gosh.
0: Here's the deal. There's too much there. It has to be deliberate. He also has invested so much in Red Sox stuff, he can buy a new hat. It's so ugly.
1: Does he give up anything in this movie, or is he allowed to remain exactly the same while she has to make changes to accommodate him?
0: Well, he's gonna sell the tickets.
2: He's gonna miss the best game ever!
1: (laughs) So, no.
0: Anyway, all right, so they meet the parents. He is a huge disaster in the restaurant. She's like, please be reasonable. But then people come in behind them and are like talking about the Red Sox game. And he starts yelling like, ah, 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 ah. And he makes Drew Barrymore get up and cover his ears because he records the baseball games. And he doesn't want to know what happens. But his hands are covered in lobster. So he can't cover his own ears because he's a man baby. And all her parents are like, what the heck is wrong with this dude? All of them. There are so many red flags here.
1: All of her parents.
0: Right. All of them. (laughs) Every parent she has is feeling that way. Anyway, the next day to make it up, he, like, takes some golfing. But it's like, fine. Good move.
2: It's pretty much how the summer goes. She works. He goes to baseball. She sometimes goes to baseball. She sometimes works at baseball.
0: She's so tired because of all the work and the baseball and the sex. It's like too many things. Now I'm sleeping at work because I have so many things to do. And by things, I mean Jimmy Fallon, I guess.
1: He makes it pretty clear that he is Jimmy Fallon, too, while they're doing the sex. He
0: keeps saying, I'm Jimmy Fallon. (laughs)
2: So I think that pretty much brings us to point
1: four, yeah? Uh, Have we talked about her getting hit in the head with the baseball, after which someone picks it up and he high-fives the guy who picks it up before checking on her, which is recorded on national television, and for some reason she doesn't dump him immediately?
0: I think it's supposed to be that he, like, didn't notice she had gone down because he just assumed she was, like, sitting doing her work or something.
1: I don't know, because she's clearly knocked out. She is no longer sitting, she is sprawled.
2: And then he tries to sleep with her while she's concussed from this giant thing on her head.
0: The bruise is funny looking.
2: Yeah, the makeup's not great in this movie either.
0: Nope. Point number four?
2: Point number four. You don't see us tangled up in the sheets with the Eiffel Tower in the window. You see the Mariners are coming and Pedro's pitching Friday night. Up right guys so close guys
0: we watched this movie i made fun of this movie on facebook and katherine was like no it's good
1: i hope you know Catherine, that after this we'll never see each other again yeah really enjoyed this
2: well you already said that women can't be sports fans so i think that pretty much did cement that i part.
1: didn't say that fever pitch said that all right do point number four get us out of here
2: so point number four Lindsay shows up at school, Oh,
1: no! I believe it's pronounced "skool." slurp
2: Offering to take Ben to Paris with her for this work trip she has to go on.
0: She's like, calling a sub tomorrow. Calling it a sub is a lot of work. I am a teacher, which I think is similar to Sklumplumpling, and when you're not there- It's actually a lot of work because you have to, not just call in somebody to watch the children, you also have to come up with all the stuff they're going to do. And none of it can be like, I'm going to talk about this thing for a while. Like when I was a new teacher and sometimes I would run out of time to plan stuff. And I was like, I just want to go to bed. I'd be like, here, tomorrow, you're just going to talk about absolutism. And I could do that because I would be there to do it. When you're calling in a sub, you can't be like, hey, sub, talk about absolutism for a half hour. You need to have everything laid out for them to do. It's actually a very involved, tedious process. To not be in school.
1: He has a lot of practice because every time there's a 105 baseball game, he has to leave campus.
0: Right. So anyway, she's like, look, tomorrow we're going to Paris. It's going to be great.
2: But, you know, the sum's not the problem that he has with going to Paris. The problem is that there's a baseball game and he'd have to miss a baseball game to go to Paris.
0: And he's like, I'm not going to do it. And she's like, fine, I'll, I'll... go without
1: you.
2: Would, would either of you skip a baseball game to go to Paris? I'm just curious.
1: I've been to, like, three baseball games in my life. I think we know the answer to that.
0: I feel like the only baseball games that would, like, make it a question would be, like, playoff games. Which this isn't.
2: Like, game six of the World Series, maybe? Yeah. 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 Like, or even,
1: like, if it's, like,
0: League Championship Series, be like, could we leave the next day?
1: No, because they will be there for one night in Paris.
0: Yeah.
2: So... They get in a fight because he doesn't want to go to Paris, and...
0: She's like, fine, I'm going to go without you. This is probably a good thing.
2: And then reveals that her period's late, and they might be pregnant, which is big news.
0: And then she's like, bye-bye, I'm going to Paris. I'm going to meet a hot French guy.
2: She needs her time. She needs to figure out why she missed all these red flags that she's missed over the last 11 months of dating this human.
0: Oh my god. So, while she's gone, he's like having a lot of introspection and really thinking about it. And then he's like, you know what? Baby would be cool. And he buys like some baby Red Sox stuff because the only thing he knows how to buy is Red Sox branded stuff.
2: So this, this part actually makes me really happy. It might be one of the reasons why I kind of liked this movie, liked being the operative word. So in my family, we're all kind of de facto Yankees fans. Um, I grew up in Tampa, Yankees spring train there, George Steinbrenner lived a couple blocks down from my high school. My uncle's the biggest Yankees fan you'll ever meet in your life. But his firstborn child made the ultimate sacrifice and married a Red Sox fan. It was a big scandal. We didn't know what to do. The wedding was really awkward because it's Yankees, Red Sox, you just don't know what to do. And so from that point on, every child that has been born in my family, there has been a race to see who can send a onesie first. The Yankees onesie or the Red Sox onesie. And whatever onesie comes in first is the team the child is destined to be a fan of for the rest of their life.
1: That's bizarre.
2: And yet it's super competitive and super fun.
1: See, but the difference is your family waits until the baby is born. Jimmy Fallon waited until she had missed her period by a week and a half but hadn't taken a pregnancy test. And then, surprise, she wasn't pregnant, because sometimes your period is just late. But I guess it has just never happened to her. So happening once, she's immediately like, I am pregnant.
0: This movie wasn't written by humans. That is true.
1: So I forgot that the writers of this movie don't understand our terrestrial biology.
0: So she comes back, and things start to go downhill.
2: She kind of puts her foot down. She's like, hey... What if I was pregnant? Would I really have wanted to have a baby with this human, maybe human, that I have been seeing for 11 months? And she tells him that he needs to make some changes. Otherwise, they're done. Except we never see that conversation, really. It's just kind of-
0: It's implied that it happened.
2: Yeah, and then they show up at the friend's party together.
0: Have a happy Gatsby birthday. That's what the banner says.
1: I think it just says have a Gatsby birthday. Nope, it
0: says happy Gatsby. Because you know what adjective you associate with Mr. Gatsby? It's happiness. No one's happier than Gatsby. That book is a rollicking good time. The parties are masking no deeper (laughs) angst or emotions. (laughs) Everyone there is exactly what they are on the surface.
1: So as a sacrifice, Jimmy Fallon goes to... Lindsay's friend's birthday party
0: and he's having a good time he's like like dancing and goofing off
1: he apparently feels like he was required to go even though she seemed perfectly happy to go alone but he's not regretting it in the moment and he's having a great time and then they go home and he says this has been the best night of my life
0: and she's like this is about to get better because i haven't had a concussion tonight so we can actually bone but then he gets a phone call and his friend is like, you better not believe it. It's amazing out here. We've got the best game ever. Turn on your TV. And he turns on his TV. And the Red Sox came back with seven runs, eight runs, in the last inning to beat the Yankees, who had been up seven to nothing. And people are like partying in the streets. And he turns on the TV. And there's a news announcer who's like, you've got to be down here. There are women topless celebrating. Holy cow. That's what the news anchor leads with.
1: I hate this movie. I just absolutely hate this movie.
0: So then he's really upset, and Drew Barrymore is like, what's going on? And he's like, the Red Sox won. And she's like, oh, cool, that's re- that's really nice. I'm happy for you. Like, the night got even better. He's like, no, you don't understand. I missed the best game ever. And she's like, you said you had a good time tonight? And he's like, I lied.
1: And then he basically breaks up with her.
0: Yeah, he's like, I don't understand why you make me not be at every baseball game ever. This cannot go on.
1: And she says, I didn't tell you to come to the party.
0: It's exhausting. And so then he's like, leaves, and then we know that he angsts around for a while, and he's, like, sitting on his chair in, like, just an undershirt and, like, getting food all over the place, and he's put foil over the windows to block the sunlight
2: out. Because he's upset. Ugh. There's an old game that he watches over and over where the Mets beat the Sox on a walk-off.
0: So he's, like, making himself feel worse by watching old Red Sox losses on VHS.
2: And his friends come over and are, like, where did he get the tape? Is he storing versions of this somewhere? It's
1: supposed to be, like, a drug addiction kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, whatever.
2: So they're miserable.
1: Can we um, address the weird bit where his doctor friend, who everyone makes fun of, starts shaving his balls in the shower?
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
1: What was that?
0: His friends are, like, going to clean him up, so they take him into the shower, and they're, like, washing him and cleaning him up. And, yeah, his anesthesiologist friend starts shaving his junk. Maybe something was growing in there from the way he wasn't taking care of himself.
1: <laughs> I guess. It I was just, just
0: imagine, like, a little lizard. It was just <laughs> so weird. Just crawling like, around down there. <laughs> little lizard hands all over the place. Lizard tail lizard tongues sticking out that's a snake thing that's not a lizard thing
1: no i think lizards do too oh great komodo dragons do at least
0: all right well there we go he got his little lizard tongue sticking in and out just crawling around <laughs> i
1: just i <laughs> just don't understand where that joke came from what crotch all. lizards <laughs> hashtag <laughs> crotch lizards
2: think about who the directors are
1: coming soon joke came from. coming <laughs>
0: soon to cbs hey. <laughs> what if the god on god friended me as a crotch lizard <laughs> That'd be amazing. And that's how he knows everything Miles is doing. He's Miles' crotch lizard. (laughs) We're still watching Godfrey and me, guys.
2: Unfortunately.
0: Anyway, all right. So he has a moment of reevaluating his life after his friend's clean up. Where He's like, wait a minute. Like, Drew Barrymore was awesome. What am I doing? Why have I let my obsession with being at every baseball game ruin a good relationship with a person who is definitely a human and who I get along with very well when we're not screaming at each other about the differences in our lifestyle and engaging in passive-aggressive complaints about one another that are really just covers for our own insecurities.
1: This is such an unhealthy relationship. It's
0: dreadful.
1: So he decides to sell his baseball tickets.
0: His, like, lifetime yeah, his baseball tickets. His
1: baseball seat that he owns to one of Lindsay's friends' husband. For $125,000.
0: The number, the amount of money that the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees for.
1: And this also led to one of the only jokes I laughed at, which is when Lindsay's friend says this, their other friend says, are you really that rich? And then the friend nods and her response is just, then why don't you dress better? That's great. And it was the only funny joke in the movie.
0: This period also has three different versions of the same speech about, like, life is good, but, like, maybe there's more to life than baseball. Where it's like, you love the socks, Have they ever loved you back? But we get the same speech, like, three different times.
2: I will say, you love the Sox. Have they ever loved you back? Comes from a 14-year-old.
0: Yeah. And then he repeats it to other people.
2: Yep, pretty much. So this is kind of moving us into point five. You love these people. No! I I fell
1: in love with this when I was seven because I had nothing else. Now I'm in love with you. I don't don't need this. I don't want this.
2: Ben decides to sell his baseball tickets. Lindsay doesn't know this. She's out with her friends and learns that one of them is pregnant. Then her assistant comes running up in a terror, letting her know that she got her promotion. Yay!
0: Yay!
2: All of her crappy, crappy work all summer, paid off this promotion that she has been also searching for for a year, which is also not how companies work, but we'll go with that. Whatever. So she has to hurry off to go celebrate her promotion.
0: And she does go. I was a little bit concerned she wasn't going to wind up there at all.
2: After finding out that Ben's selling his tickets to this other woman's husband.
0: It's the dude who got Leslie Nope to run for city council.
2: (laughs) So then she goes to her work thing. In the middle of her toast, thanking her bosses for the promotion, she realizes that she can't let him sell his tickets. Oh he's no. Losing a part of himself.
0: Yeah, he's still going to have his apartment all the Red Sox crap there.
1: So she
0: runs to the, stadium. Went to
1: the stadium, apparently has $600 in cash in her purse that she hands to a scalper to buy two tickets.
0: And then she goes in, but they won't let her in the center gate. So she has to go in through the outfield, and then, because she can't walk around the concourse like a normal human being, she has to hop the wall. Because he doesn't have a A cell phone. phone! She could run around the concourse! It doesn't take that long. Fenway's a small park.
2: But it wouldn't be dramatic if she didn't drop down from the green monster! into the outfield yeah, so she break her heels.
0: She hops the green monster, and then she's running barefoot across the field, and none of these professional athletes can catch her.
1: No, if you watch, none of the professional athletes try. It's only the slightly chubby security guards and one cop that actually make an effort. Oh,
0: that's true. Some of the players actually get in the way.
2: My favorite part of this is when she, like, hides behind Johnny Damon, and, like, she uses him as a shield.
0: Yeah, that shouldn't work, though.
2: No. But it's fun. Johnny Damon was really, really big. Do we
0: spend a full three minutes watching her run across the outfield?
1: Yes, we do. And let's just not spend three minutes talking about it.
0: So she gets to the other side and she's like, Jimmy Fallon. He goes, I am Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) And she's like, you can't sell your baseball tickets, Jimmy Fallon. And he's like, I was just about to. And she's like, give me that contract. And she rips it up. And she's like, we're going to get back together. And he goes, Jimmy Fallon and kisses her.
1: And the movie ends.
0: No, then we have more voiceover from that dude. Yeah, that was going to say,
1: with another voiceover from the weird guy that sells sponges. And he's
0: like, the Red Sox won the World Series. And I really do think the movie would have been better had the Sox lost, because it does it very, very poorly. But the argument it is trying to make is, you can love the baseball, but also have things in life beyond that, and it's okay when it doesn't work out. But instead, since the Sox win... He just wins in everything. Like, he gets the wins, and he gets the girl, and so there's no cost to anything.
2: Exactly. So she continues to have costs, and he doesn't. Maybe that's why we hate this movie. Is this just masculinity in
0: America? No, it's everything about this movie. It's the Skrull Grumper. It's the beating the children. It's the... Everything about this movie is trash. Man-baby nonsense. When she is talking to the students in her office at the beginning, she says, in a very cool voice, she's talking about her job and how much she loves doing math, she goes, this is the Church of Numbers, and every day is Sunday. And we're supposed to think that's cool.
1: All right. We finished the movie. What do you think this shithole of relationship is in terms of believability? It's not. I hate it. Alright, I give it a two.
0: Alright, so we're rating our movie on a ten point scale where zero is totally unbelievable. Ten is one hundred percent we believe all of it. You'd give it a two?
1: It's worse than while you were sleeping to me. Oh, hugely so. Su- Catherine?
2: I- I'm hanging out around two. I also think that her friends are really crappy because I would have told her about six months prior to any of this to break up with him. Cause he sucks.
0: But there's also the friend she also who sucks. Is, like, trying to sabotage her relationship lest she be more successful than her. Like, they do this work to be like, she has all these female friends. It's like, yeah, but they're, like, consumed with petty jealousy. Because
1: they're women. Uh...
0: Yeah, it's also a two. All right. Mark, do you think Ben and Lindsay? Uh, we ha- Have we said their names? Ben is Jimmy Fallon. Lindsay is Drew Barrymore. Do you think they're dateable?
1: You know what? Yes. Yes, I do.
0: Oh my gosh. They're both terrible.
1: They're two of the worst people in a movie we've watched.
0: Kate Hudson in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is I the worst.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, we have covered movies with, like, mass murderers.
0: True.
1: But in terms of... There was
0: that girl from Vertigo. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> it's hard. To, I feel like people seem worse when they're in bad movies. That's true. Where you can be a serial, mur- like serial killer... And I will like you more if you're in a good movie. Yeah.
0: All right. You do have to pick one person in this movie to date, though. So who is it going to be? Catherine, who do you think?
2: Maybe the anesthesiologist.
0: He, he seems fun. He, he
2: seems fun. He's, he's weird. Uh,
0: he is the first one to dance when they're told to dance for Yankees tickets and the most enthusiastic of them.
2: Except that he gets accused of having devilry dancing instead of Yankee dancing, which offends me as someone from Tampa.
0: Regardless, I think he's a good pick.
1: I'm going to choose Lindsay's dad to be my sugar daddy.
0: The skunk man? <laughs> yes. That's a good joke, too, that he is having like a midlife crisis and dyes his hair jet black and his wife tells him it looks terrible and he has to stop dyeing it so that it like washes out in this weird, irregular pattern. I think it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Who would you choose?
0: Oh, there's like one of Lindsay's friends who is actually supportive. So I'm going to go with her. She seemed fine.
1: The, the one, one that, that says the line about the clothing.
0: Yeah, and who calls out the other one. I'm like, wait a minute, like you're just jealous and awful. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll date her. She seems fine. <laughs> Do you think Ben and Lindsay would stay together?
1: I hope not, but I think they might.
0: I mean, they've made it through this nonsense, so... Yep.
2: If she can put up with this, then yes. Yeah. But, ugh.
0: All right.
1: I think that does it. Thank God. It's over.
0: Well, looking towards next week... Wait... Does anyone hear a penny whistle? Oh,
1: God. Will finally broke me.
0: Do you know what's happening? I've been pushing for this for a year, ever since we talked about Avatar. I've been wanting to do James Cameron's previous movie, which came out 12 years earlier, because Avatar took so long to make. Next week, we are tackling the 2VHS monstrosity, Titanic.
1: I need to find a time on my calendar to schedule this because it is so long until then you can follow the show on facebook and twitter at love the love pod and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at love the love pod at gmail.com
0: oh, and make sure to rate review and subscribe it helps other people to find the show it is actually a really big deal for us turning up in search results and stuff so please 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 do that
1: oh god i forgot we do have to keep talking about this god-awful piece of trash. One
0: shit. more question. Catherine, what's the best piece of dating advice you got from this movie?
2: If someone's apartment is filled with memorabilia, run <coughs> <I've had, coughs>
0: I don't think memorabilia is like a very particular word. I don't think I fall under that category.
2: Run away as fast as you possibly can.
1: So negative dating advice. Learn what not to do from this film. What about you, Mark? I don't I know. know. It, it seems, seems like being a skip hopper did well, well for him. So maybe get a job as a scrumble knack. Yeah,
0: I'll have to look into that one. Uh, he buys her hot dogs a lot. And at one point, he's grilling her hot dogs, and I could use a hot dog right now. So make people hot dogs.
1: Well, there you go. Until next time, I'm gay.
0: And I'm a ginger. So between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance.
1: Bye! If you can make a hit,